very Merry Christmas, and it's so good to see you in God's house today. And it's a special day around People's Church. People have gotten water baptized and dedicating babies in the lobby after the service. Enjoy some Christmas cookies, and there's some uh, holiday drinks out there. Come on, including eggnog lattes, so you be blessed today, church, is all I can tell you. Uh, it's, it's a great day today at People's Church, and I do want to make you aware that at the end of the service, when we conclude, uh, there are some tables set up here up front for communion, and also there's four tables at the very back against the wall. There are four tables spaced out. Uh, we just thought it would be so fitting. We, we take communion uh, uh, throughout the year and every on first Wednesday, on Wednesday nights, and we just thought it would be fitting for you to gather around with your family and lead your family in communion and to remember the birth of our Savior and the price that he paid on the cross. So if you've never done that, there are actually instructions on the table as well uh, for you to be able to lead your family to partake of communion together. So before you slip out today and go enjoy the Christmas season and shopping, would you take some moment and partake of the bread and the cup and remember Jesus Christ was born and paid the price for your sins. And this series has been a great series for our church. And next Sunday, we're going to conclude the series, Tis the Season. We'll wrap up next Sunday, the last Sunday of the year. And then we're kicking off a new series called Not Today, Satan. Listen, I cannot wait to preach that series. I have been studying and praying. I can't wait for January the 5th to preach to you, Not Today, Satan. Satan, listen to me. Some of you, the devil's been messing with your body. He's been messing with your money. He's been messing with your marriage. He's been messing with your singleness. He's been messing with your purity. He's been messing with your mind. And at some point, you got to say, enough is enough. I will not lose in 2020. I will move forward in 2020. Not today, Satan. 2020 is going to look different than 2019, than 2018. And I'm going to equip you. Listen, don't miss January. Not today, Satan. We even got some not today, Satan shirts for you that we're going to be, you're going to be able to get. Not today, Satan, January the 5th. Looking forward to that series. And and last week before I preach, I got to tell you about this. I was supposed to get on an airplane after church last week and go to Indianapolis, to our Indianapolis campus. Last Sunday night was the, the church's first time to see the building uh, that they're going to be now worshiping in and that we're going to be preparing for them. And so I wanted to be there for this occasion to celebrate with them, to pray over the building, to walk through the building, to worship in the building for the very first time. But a, a snowstorm hit Indianapolis and they got about five inches of snow. So my flight was canceled. I could not make it uh, to Indianapolis. And we actually thought only a handful of people will show up in a snowstorm. But look what happened last Sunday night. We had service in that building and look, folks showed up and we prayed over the building. We worshiped. I mean, that, that God just moved in a mighty way. And, and just show that next picture and just the hunger of the people in that building going after God, pursuing Jesus Christ. I was so blessed. I actually called in. Thank God for technology. They wired it up for me to talk in front of the whole church uh, via technology. So I spent about eight minutes just loving on them, pouring into the church, letting them know how excited we are here in Oklahoma City for what God is doing in Indianapolis. And in that building, uh, the lights, uh, the, the sound, 
the, the video equipment, none of that's staying in the building. That belongs to another church. So we're going to have to go in and provide all the lights and all, all of the sound and everything that's needed to have church services. Also remodel the building. And I know you've been giving generously. And I want to give you an update about what God is doing through you. If you're a guest, you feel no obligation. You just rejoice with the church that's taking ground and moving forward. But I have to update you on what you have already done to provide Indianapolis campus all that they need. We're starting an Edmond campus. Can I tell you, church, this week you sent $42,000 to Haiti to support those 100 kids. That was written this week. That happened. We sent around two thousand dollars to Salvation Army and also to the City Rescue Mission to help homeless people and people who need Christmas presents this Christmas season. You are doing so much to help locally, nationally, and internationally. And I want you to know through the miracle offering, through Dream Builders, you have already given $234,000 over the last two to three weeks. Come on, would you give yourself a hand clap? Thank you, People's Church, for your generosity. And I want to remind you, those dollars up to $250,000 will be matched. So that $234,000 is actually $468,000 that you have given to change lives locally, nationally, and around the world. Oh, you can do better than that. Would you give Jesus some praise right now, church? Come on, that's good news right there. Praise the Lord for all that he is doing so that we can take ground as a church. And I would ask all of our church family, if this is your church home, if you have not already participated, would you pray and would you give by the end of the year your end of the year miracle offering and your dream builders offering? And I know God's going to do a miracle in your life and in our church to see more changed lives. In this series, Tis the Season, week one, we talked to you about the Christmas tree. And then week number two, we talked to you about the candy cane and, 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 the, and the scriptural and biblical implications of the candy cane and how it related to Jesus. Last week, I talked to you about presents and we talked about presents and how Jesus is the greatest Christmas present. Today, I want to talk to you about lights, Christmas lights. And I, I love Christmas lights. And, and every year, my family, we, we gather around the Christmas tree and the lights are on and we take and we take Christmas pictures. You see, we have a tradition that we've been doing since the kids were really little. Our oldest is now 16 years old. But but when they were really little, we, 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 we started a tradition of buying Christmas pajamas for the kids. And every year they got a new Christmas pajama outfit to take pictures in. And then several years ago, five, six years ago, my, my wife uh, decided, hey, let's do it as a whole family. I'm like, I'm gay. Okay, get us some Christmas pajamas. So as an entire family, we wear Christmas pajamas together when we open our Christmas presents. And, and this is 2017. Here's my, here's my kids wearing their Christmas pajamas in, in 2017. My little sassy daughter right there. And, and, and then here's me and Tiffany in 2017. And, and you can see the Christmas tree all behind us. And Mr. and Mrs. Santa Claus, there we go right there, somebody. And, and, and this is 2018. This is, this is last year's Christmas picture, our Christmas pajamas and the tree. You see the tree there all lit up and the Cooper family Christmas. And, and so every year we have Christmas before Christmas Day because on Christmas Day we have other family members that we celebrate Christmas with. So we just do Christmas ourselves as a family. And that was actually yesterday for our family. So we had our family Christmas was just our family. And yesterday this is our Christmas pajamas that we had on yesterday's picture. Come on. 
I, I had my Rudolph the Red Nose reindeer on, nose on, and my, one of my sons decided to do it with me. But that's us opening Christmas presents yesterday around the Christmas tree again. It's just a tradition to, to do that as a family. And then what we do is that same night, we always go look at Christmas lights. So uh, later on that evening, after opening our gifts up, we went out and we got some coffee. And actually, I got an eggnog chai latte. Come on, somebody. Praise the Lord. I, I got that eggnog chai. I was ready to go look at some Christmas lights. Lights. And we drove around Oklahoma City and we looked at Christmas lights as a family. Is there anybody else during the Christmas season that your family has a tradition of going to look at lights? Anybody else enjoy looking at some lights? Okay, so some of you like looking at Christmas lights as well. I love looking at Christmas lights. And what I want to talk to you about today and what my, my goal is that you would never view Christmas lights the same way, whether it's on your tree or whether it's on a house as you're driving around looking at lights. I want you to see G. Jesus Christ, when you look at lights, I want it to remind you of your Savior. The Bible has a lot to say about Jesus being the light of the world. In John chapter 1 and verse 6, it says this, God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. John himself was not the light. John was not the light. You're not the light. I'm not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light, the one who is the true light, who gives a light to everyone was coming into the world. You see, these verses are talking about the birth of Jesus, that Jesus is the light of the world and he was going to be born into the world the light of the world is is coming the the birth of the savior the birth of the messiah and it says this in john chapter 8 and verse 12 when jesus spoke again to the people he said i this is this is years later jesus is now born he's began he began his public ministry at 30 and he said i am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of light. And for the, excuse me, the light of life. And for the next few moments, I want to talk to you about how Jesus being the light of the world impacts your life. It impacts your life more than you realize. And I want to share with you three insights on how Jesus being the light of the world impacts your life. Number one is this, light invades darkness let's make it personal light invades your darkness it invades your darkness notice what he says in john 8 and verse 12 when jesus spoke again to the people he said i am the light of the world remember this christmas is all about jesus christmas is not about the trees i love the trees it's not about the christmas lights christmas is not about christmas presents it hurts my heart to say this. Christmas is not even about eggnog. It's not. Christmas is all about Jesus. It's about Jesus being born. The Messiah, the Savior of the world being born. And the Bible says that he is the light of the world. Jesus, and notice this, it doesn't say he's the light of Christians. It does not say he's the light of good people. It does not say he's the light of people who have their life all together. No, the Bible says that Jesus is the light of the entire world. That means Jesus is the light for broken people. 
He's the light for hurting people. He's the light for confused people. He's the light for lost people. He's the light for addicted people. Jesus is the light of the world and to really understand John 8 and verse 12 you have to look at the at the verses that preceded because the verses prior to this this verse 12 that lead up to verse 12 really unpack what Jesus was meaning when he said I am the light of the world you see in John chapter 8 there was a woman caught in the act of adultery and the Bible says the Pharisees the religious people they grabbed the woman caught her in the act They took her, they threw her before Jesus and they said, Jesus, the religious law says we have to stone a woman like this. We have to kill her right now. Let's stone this woman to death. And Jesus looked at them and he knelt down and he began to write. And now theologians, scholars have guessed about what Jesus wrote, but we actually don't know what he wrote in the dirt. It doesn't tell us. But do you know what I'm able to realize as I read that portion of scripture? I realize that a holy savior doesn't mind touching dirt. And can I tell you something about your savior? He doesn't mind touching the dirty issues of your life. If you're honest, just like I am, there is dirt in your life. And I want you to know that your holy, perfect savior does not mind touching dirt. Jesus did not come to condemn you. He came to rescue you. Religion wants to kill you. Religion wants to put a finger in your face and say, look at your junk. Look at your mess. Look at your addiction. Look at your sin. Look how nasty you are. And Jesus says, I didn't come to condemn you. I reached down and I invade the darkness. I reach down and I want to help you with your mess, with your junk, with your addictions. I came not to condemn you. I came to save you. I came to rescue you. I came to help you. That, that, that's Jesus. John chapter 8 and verse, verse number 10 and 11 says this about Jesus. Jesus straightened up and asked her, woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? You see in the story, Jesus says to this, these religious people. He says, he that is without sin, cast the first stone. Kill her if you, haven't ever, if you don't have sin in your life. They walked away one by one. Because we all got issues. And we all got sin. And we've all blown it. And he says in verse number 11, she says, no one, sir. She said, then neither do I condemn you. Because Jesus did not come into this world on that first Christmas day to condemn the world. He was born to save the world, to rescue the world from their sins. In John 3 and verse 17, it says, for God did not sin. Talking about Christmas, God did not send his son into the world to be born, to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Jesus shines his light into your life, not to condemn you but to save you, to rescue you. He's invading some of your life right now. You feel it on the inside. It's not because he's mad at you. It's because he loves you. I remember years ago in a football locker room in Wewoka, Oklahoma, Jesus shined his light into my darkness. And that night in that football locker room, I start feeling something on the inside. I didn't know at the time it was the Holy Spirit. I didn't know it was actually God himself convicting me he he wasn't there to condemn me in that football locker room Jesus didn't come and say look at you Herbert Cooper you're nasty you're filthy you're dirty you know get out of my get out of my presence that's not what he did that night he convicted me of my sin not to condemn me but to save me 
And that night in that football locker room, I gave my life to Jesus Christ. And I was forgiven of all of my sins. And some of you feel something on the inside and you're trying to resist it. And you're like, what is that? Why is it messing with me? You know, church, I don't even like church. I don't want to be here. I don't like that. I... But something's happening. Something's happening. And that's God touching your heart. Not because he's mad at you. Not because he's wanting to condemn you. Jesus was born on Christmas Day to save the world from their sins. And he's convicting you now to draw you to Jesus so that you can be rescued from your sins. Light invades darkness. I want you to see a second thing, and that is this. Light pushes back the darkness. Pushes back the darkness. So I want you to grasp this. Jesus doesn't just want to invade your darkness and, and forgive you of your sins. He also wants to push back the darkness in your life. All those dark places, all of that sin, all of that mess. He wants to push back the darkness so that you would begin to live a new life. Notice this in John chapter 8 and verse number 11. It says, no one, sir, no one's condemned me, she said. Neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Now notice this. Go and leave your life of sin. Go and live a different life. And then he declares, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but have the light of life. You see, when you surrender your life to Jesus Christ, he changes your life. Let me teach you right now. You see, when you give your life to Jesus, the Bible calls it being born again. It's called being regenerated. It's called getting a new heart. You see, Jesus does not just want you to have a mental assent to there's a God. And a lot of people just say, well, I'm just making a decision. I believe there's a God. I believe that Jesus died on the cross. But the Bible says the devil, the demons believe that. And they're not born again. So this is not about just mentally ascending. Well, I believe in God. I believe in Jesus. No, 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 no. This is about surrendering your life to Jesus Christ. You see, the gospel of Jesus Christ is not about information. It's about transformation. And a lot of people have it in their head. Well, I believe in God. Everything's cool. But I'm afraid for some people that come to church or that know about God, that know about Jesus, that they think, well, I just believe in God. I believe in Jesus. But they've never surrendered their life to him. And God, the gospel, Jesus came not just to forgive you, but listen, he came to change your life. And that happens when you surrender to him. He'll give you a new heart. He'll give you a new, he'll give you new desires. He'll, if you'll get born again, he'll, he'll start changing you from the inside out. I remember when Jesus pushed back the darkness in my life. I went to that football locker room and we woke up in my Nissan Datsun pickup painted maroon with speakers in the back. I based my way there. Boom, 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 boom. I got out my Nissan Datsun pickup as a senior in high school, walking in like George Jefferson. What's up? What's up? What's up? Holler at your boy. What's up? What's up? When, in, and, and that night I was convicted. Something was happening on the inside. I, I, I gave my life to Jesus. And it wasn't a decision. It was like, well, I just made a decision. I believe in God. No, 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 no. No, no, that night I gave my life to Jesus. And I was born again. I was regenerated. 
I got a new heart. I'm telling you, something happened on the inside. And do you know how I know? Because that night when I got back into my Nissan Dawson pickup truck, I drove home and I got all of my cassette tapes. And man, it was filled with filthy music. And I began to destroy those cassette tapes. And it wasn't like today where you could just get one song and download it, one song. No, no, no. You had to get the whole cassette tape. You had to get all of it. It cost some money. And I got all of that money on them cassette tapes and I destroyed every one of them because I was pumping junk into my mind and I know some of you are like what is cassette tapes <laughs> google it google it don't have time to explain it today I destroyed because I knew something was different and God began to change my life and, and week after week and month after month, year after year, I become, I've just become a different person. I, 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 I stopped having sex outside of marriage in, in high school. I, I started honoring God. I, I, I mean, God began to work on me and I, and I ended up giving up pornography and, and, and then I ended up get lying and, and, and cheating folk and cussing people out. I mean, God, little by little, God changed me on the inside. It wasn't a decision because the gospel is not about information. It's about transformation. You give your life to Jesus. He'll change your life. He'll change your life. And that's what he wants to do today. I want you to hear me today. Some of you don't believe what I'm saying. You're like, well, I don't know. It's a little cute, a little sermonette. That's all cute and stuff. Jesus, Christmas and the lights. Praise the Lord. Eggnog. <laughs> and I'm telling you, if you will surrender your life to him, Jesus said you must not make it. You must make a decision. No, he didn't say you must make a decision. He said you must be born again. And that's giving your life to Jesus, surrendering. And he will come in your life and begin to change you from the inside out. Light invades darkness. Light, put, light pushes back the darkness. I want you to see a third thing. Light directs your life. It directs your life. Notice this in John 8 and verse 12. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk. Come on, at all the locations, everybody shout, walk. walk. You didn't shout, church. Come on, shout, walk. walk. That's the key. I want you to catch that word. That's so key. Walk, that's movement. That, that's direction. Follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of light. So, so Jesus lets us know walking in darkness is not a good thing. Being spiritually blind, walking in darkness, Darkness is not how you want to live your life. It's dangerous to live life that way. John chapter 12 and verse 35 addresses the same subject. Then Jesus told them, you are going to have the light just a little while longer. Walk, walk while you have the light before darkness overtakes you. The man who walks movement direction, the man who walks in the dark does not know where he is going. You see, when you walk in the dark. When you walk in complete darkness, you don't know where you're going. And friends, when you don't know where you're going, that's not a good thing. You see, it's scary to walk around in darkness. I'm going to ask you a question, and some of you are not going to lift your hand and respond, but I'm going to ask you anyways. Some of you are too embarrassed to respond. But for those of you that are comfortable in your own skin, would you respond by show of hands? How many of you are scared of the dark? Just lift your hand right now. All right. Come on, even some of the men are lifting your hand. Mm, I ain't afraid to tell the truth, pastor. Why? You're scared of the dark. And some, not, some of you today, you did not raise your hand at, at the locations. And you are scared of the dark. You just didn't know it. Nobody's ever educated you that you're scared of the dark. So I'm going I'm to be the one that educates you today. 
to let you know you're scared of the dark. And here's how you can know if you're scared of the dark. You know you're scared of the dark when you have a nightlight. Now, some of you don't call it a nightlight because you're like, I don't put Dora the Explorer in my wall anymore. I, I don't put Superman. I don't plug in Superman anymore. No, but you got a little light on outside the room in the hallway that you keep on. That's called a nightlight. Nobody's ever told you that, but that's your nightlight. That's your Dora the Explorer right there. Scared of the dark. And, and, and the, the other night, I needed a nightlight. Uh, we keep our house dark at night. And, and this was like a week or two ago. It was in the middle of the night I woke up and I heard this noise. Anybody ever been there before? You're like, what is that? Like, Man, am I dreaming? I'm like, no, I'm not dreaming. Are we washing clothes at two in the morning? What is that? Like, Man, what is that noise? You know, you know how you start thinking, you're tired at night, you're trying to get your bearings. I'm like, all, thought, all these thoughts are going through my mind like, Maybe I wake up, Tiffany, hey, Tiffany, go, go, you hear that? Go, go check it out. I, I, can't, I can't do that, I can't do that, I can't do that, I can't do that. So I got up and I'm walking around the house in my underwear. Pastor, that's too much information, I'm just being real with you. So I was walking around the house. I'm looking, I go to the kids' rooms, I'm like, what is that? I actually opened the door to my oldest son's room and put my head in. He woke up like, I'm like, his daddy just checking in, just testing how you doing. And you know the thing that still bothers me? I still don't know what the noise was. I can't figure it out still. I'm like, what, 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 was, what was that noise? I don't know. I don't know. It can be scary to be in the dark. And here's why. Because walking around in darkness can be messy and painful. It can just be messy and painful. Come on, come on. Be honest with me. How many of you ever got up in the middle of the night? Had to go to the restroom? You don't turn no lights on because you don't want to wake anybody else up? Are you just too lazy to go hit the light switch on? And you walk to the bathroom, and you sit down, and your hiney gets wet. Anybody ever had that bathroom? Come on, you're like, what? 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 Come on, you know what I'm talking about? Come on, come on, come on. Be honest. Who's ever walked in the bathroom before? Didn't turn no lights on in the middle of the night, and you, and you 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 sit down, and the toilet lid was up, and you didn't know it. You, You got a whole different baptism. You know what I'm saying? You're like, what? <laughs> Ready to hurt somebody because you couldn't see. You thought, you thought you knew where you were going, but you didn't know where you were going. And that's a lot of people in life. They think they know where they're going, and they don't know where they're going. And they're getting in messes. It was just, you know, a few weeks ago, I got up in the middle of the night and you think your pastor's crazy, I'll just get up in the middle of the night, but that's how I roll. You know what I'm saying? I got, I got up in the middle of the night, and I don't even remember if I was going to the kitchen, to the bathroom. I don't remember, but here's what I do remember is I was walking in my bedroom. I was walking to, to head out, and, and I didn't realize Tiffany put a box on the floor. Man, I hit my toe in that box. Woo, I was mad. You ever scream so loud on the inside, you know, you're like, But I wanted to wake her up so bad. Why'd you put the box? Oh, I know this room. Don't put the boxes on the floor. Put them boxes up somewhere else. I almost broke my toe off my foot. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, and that's how a lot of people go through life. They're in darkness and don't even know it. And they're hitting their toes, getting in messes. And life's hard enough, boy, without Jesus. But when you're without Jesus, you are literally walking in darkness and don't know where you're going. And your marriage becomes a mess. Your dating becomes a mess. 
Your friendships become a mess. Your money becomes a mess. Your career becomes a mess. At school, things get messy. You're having all this pain because when you're walking in darkness, man, you encounter messes and pain. And one of the things as a pastor that breaks my heart is to see people who think they know where they're going. But I look at them, I'm like, you you, you don't know where you're going. You ever seen somebody, you just know the decisions they're making like, oh, I'm good. It's going to work. You're like, it's not going to work out like you think. Like, I'm telling you, you're in darkness right now. I'm telling you, listen, if you would just listen to daddy, if you just listen to mama, if you just listen to pastor, if you just listen to Amy, if you just listen to uncle, if you just listen, I'm telling you, listen, you listen, where you're headed, it's not going to work out. You're headed off a cliff and you don't even see it. Because when you walk in darkness, you do not know where you are going. And Jesus says, listen, listen, follow me, follow me, and you will not walk in darkness. You see, here's the key about walking with Jesus. Walking in the light brings direction to your life. Hear me today. Walking in the light brings direction to your life. Jesus says, whoever follows me will never walk in darkness. I will light up every area of your life so that you can see. Psalm chapter 119 verse 105 says, your word is a lamp to guide me, to guide my feet, and a light for my path. Jesus and his word gives light and direction to every area of your life. And let me tell you, some of you today, you're walking around in darkness, and Jesus says, I'm the light. I'm, I, if you just, if you'll follow me, I'll light up, I'll light up your path. I'll light up your path. And and some of you today, you know what you're thinking? You're thinking, man, Lord, should I marry him or should I not marry him? Lord, should I take the job? Should I not take the job? Lord, just show me. Lord, just show me. Lord, 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 please please tell me, do I buy the house? Do I not buy? Do I buy the car? Do I not buy? Lord, what do I do with my children? And and you're asking God and Jesus says, listen, you're following, you're going around in darkness because you're trying to follow your way. You're trying to follow the world's way. If you will follow me, I will make it clear. I will show you your next step. I'll show you the decision you should make. But your problem is you're not following me. You're following you. You're following the world. You're following television. You're following music. You're following movies. And you're wondering, why can't I see? It's because you're not following the light of the world. There there, there are some of you, you're asking God, oh, God, show me what to do in 2022. Lord, show me. Lord, I need some direction for my future. Oh, God, in three months from now, what do I do? Oh, God, show me now. Who's my spouse? Show them to me, Jesus. Show them to me. Lord, tell me right now, what am I going to be doing five years from now? Lord, show me. And God says, why am I going to show you something 10 years from now, three months from now, when you won't even do what I told you to do? You see, the problem is not 10 years from now. I can give you light 10 years from now, but the problem is you won't get to where I want you to be 10 years from now if you don't do what I tell you to do right now. I've been asking you to get the growth track for the entire year, and you keep saying, I'm not going to growth track. Well, that's your problem. That's why you can't see, because you won't do the very thing I told you to do, and now you want me to show you 10 years from now, and I'm telling you, do what I already told you to do. There are some of you, God direct me. Oh, God lead me. God, show me my future. God says, what I want you to do is get wild. Water baptized. 
Would you just get underneath the water and get baptized and go public with your faith? You won't even obey me and what I already told you to do. You won't take the next step, but yet you want me to show you step number 20. No, do what I already told you to do. For some of you, God is saying, your next step is to pray and to fast for 14 days with your church family come January 12th through January 25th. God is speaking to you, be at every prayer meeting at 6 a.m. in the morning, and somebody says, the devil, get behind me right now. I am not doing that. And you say, but God, lead me. Oh, God, speak to me. God says, I am speaking to you. Quiet your heart. Pray and fast. Give up some food. Give up some television. Seek my face and I will show you the next step. Quit asking me about 20 steps down. Do what I already told you to do. And if you do what I already told you to do, if you'll take a step, I'll guide you the next step. If you take a step, I'll guide you on the next step. You may not be able to see way in front of you, but I'll always give you the next step. If you will just follow me, you will never walk in darkness. There are some of you today. You're far from God. You're walking in darkness. If you're honest with yourself, you're finding yourself in mess after mess, pain after pain. And Jesus today wants to shine his life in your life. In your life, he wants to shine his light. He wants to forgive you. He wants to invade your life with his light. He wants to forgive you and change your life. And then he wants to direct your life. But you have to surrender your life to Jesus Christ, the light of the world. As they turn the lights back on, will somebody put your hands together and thank Jesus for being the light. Thank him that he forgives, that he directs. Come on, thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are the light of the world. Hear me right now. Hear me right now. Jesus wants to invade your darkness. Would you not keep living in darkness? Would you surrender to him? If you'll surrender your life today, you'll be born again. Some of you need to rededicate your life to the Lord. You've been following your way and doing things your way. And today you need to come back home and say, I'm coming back to the light. Invade my darkness. Drive out the darkness. Surrender to Jesus. And let me tell you something. If you will follow Jesus and his word, you will never walk in darkness because Jesus is the light of the world.